Legends come in all forms. Who were the top 10 best and most effective Red Sox pitchers in the 2000s era? Find out on today's episode of Locked On Red Sox. You are Locked On Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Red Sox, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gabby Hurlbut, former ESPN social media associate and current host of the Boston Balling Podcast, here to bring you the latest in all things Boston Red Sox, Monday through Friday, including some hot takes and debates and overall analysis and a mix of special guests. I will bring it all to you as we navigate through this crazy Red Sox season. I am here today to bring you a topic of discussion that doesn't always take place. I feel like when we look at Red Sox players and who the best players were on the Red Sox, whether that's all time or in an era, we think about it as overall players and including the position they played. I am here to bring you all of the best pitchers that the Red Sox have had in the 2000s era. I'm really going to focus on just that position. I previously did an episode of the show where I ranked my top 10 best Red Sox players of the 2000s, and that was difficult to narrow down because – You really are thinking about every position and who made an impact where. So I thought it could be a good idea to follow that up with an episode that's just strictly based on pitching. Who was the most effective in their time with the Red Sox on the mound, um, taking into consideration their career stats and just their overall impact that they made to the Boston Red Sox when they were here. Don't forget... You can catch the home broadcast of every Red Sox game on Sirius XM. Don't miss a single pitch. I know I don't like to miss any pitches. Just download the Sirius XM app and search Red Sox and the Nesson broadcast for every home game or every game in general, I should say, will be there. And it's easy peasy. That way then you know that you feel comforted knowing you won't miss a pitch because I don't know if it bothers you as much as it bothers me. But it certainly bothers me when I miss pitches. So download the SiriusXM app and search Red Sox. So when it comes to the top 10 Red Sox pitchers of the 2000s, you have to keep in mind a lot of different factors. What accolades did they win? What did they do to make an impact on the Red Sox? It kind of goes beyond just the numbers. And there's a reason why all of these players are listed the way that they are. So I'm going to be going over just in order 10 through one, what I feel were the top 10 Red Sox pitchers of the 2000s up to this point. I do feel like Brian Bayo could eventually end up in here if he continues to work at it and just bring his best stuff in his A game. 
once he gets further along in his career, I feel like he could be on this list. But as of right now, when it comes to top 10 greatest Red Sox pitchers of the 2000s, number 10, I have to go with our man Erod, Eduardo Rodriguez. I know he went a little underappreciated in his time with the Red Sox. But he did have a wins above replacement of 14.4. So basically, if you don't understand that stat, basically wins above replacement means how many more wins did the team get with this player playing than they would get with an average player basically playing instead of them. So the Red Sox essentially got on average 14 more wins with him pitching than when he didn't. That does make a big difference. He didn't pitch for the Red Sox for very long in 2015 to 19 and also 2021. He was never a fantastic pitcher, but he did get the job done and was consistently a good pitcher. Red Sox fans definitely underappreciated him, but when he left to go to the Tigers, it didn't seem like Red Sox fans were really phased by it. So the interesting thing about Erod to me was that the Red Sox kind of got him in a steal. They traded Andrew Miller to the Orioles for him, and Miller barely pitched for the Orioles. Whereas Erod made a lot of starts, over 150, and was on the 2018 championship team. And you can't tell me that Erod wasn't at least decent in 2018. He helped get the job done, and they won a championship with him. So that's why I'm putting him at number 10. Number nine, I'm going with Clay Buckles. He also was a little underrated. 2017 to 2007 to 2016, he pitched for the Red Sox. And there aren't really a lot of players out there who can say that they were two-time All-Stars and pitched a no-hitter, and have two World Series rings. But he didn't have a lot of wins. He only had 90 wins throughout his career. And if you just see the 90 wins, you could look at his career as a letdown in some ways. But he did show some stints where he could be great and just never could fully consistently figure that out. Um, He found some success and then would get injured. And then he came back and pitched really well and then got injured again. And it was a kind of a constant pattern, but he did check off a lot of boxes in his career accolades. So it's hard to not at least consider including him on the list. Number eight, I'm going to go with Derek Lowe. For a certain period of time, he was incredibly dominant. For the sake of this episode, I'm not really incorporating what he did in the 90s, but he basically had a really successful run with the Red Sox that was not talked about enough. He led the AL in saves with 42 in 2000, and in 2002, he had 21 wins. That's a nice career. I mean, He had his prime seasons with the Red Sox, but pitched eight seasons after leaving the Red Sox and finished with 176 wins. But he wasn't even a starter until he was 29. So that's 
cool because he had more career wins than some starters. So he does have to be included on here. So that's why I'm putting Derek Lowe at number eight. Coming up, I'm going to be revealing five, six, and seven on my list. This is definitely an exciting group of guys to talk about because they were all just in really, really bright years for the Red Sox. So that's going to be revealed next. Are you ever looking to make daily picks and win a lot of money? I know I am because I'm always just looking for that extra cash you can swing for the fences with Sleeper. Do you want the chance to win more money with less picks? Head to Sleeper where you can win up to 100 times your money on just two or more fantasy baseball picks. Basically, it has a lot of options. It walks you through what types of picks you can make for that day. For example, who do you think is going to hit a home run today? Is there a pitcher that you think is going to have a quality start that can be one of your picks that you make basically you choose two or more players that you like and you can select some of their stat categories and what they'll hit that day and if you get your picks right you could win big money use promo code locked on and you'll get up to 100 matches on your first deposit terms and conditions apply see sleepers terms of use for details Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. It's a great way to make some picks and win a lot of extra cash. And I'm telling you, that money could be life-changing. So definitely check out Sleeper and use that promo code locked on. So I'm in the middle of going over just my top 10 Red Sox pitchers of the 2000s. Some could argue that this should be an all-time debate, but there's so many fantastic pitchers in Red Sox history that it would be extremely difficult to narrow that down to 10 pitchers overall in franchise history that I've pitched. So that's why I went with the 2000s era and really analyzing during the Red Sox golden years, who were the best pitchers to help contribute to that success. So just to refresh number 10, I had our good man, Erod, Eduardo Rodriguez. I think I was a bigger fan of him than some other people were, but he did contribute a lot when he was with Boston. Clay Buckles, I had at number nine. Underrated player, but had a lot of career accolades. And he only had 90 wins, but I don't like to use the wins category to judge a pitcher as much because you could be like Jacob deGrom, where you're pitching really well for the Mets and never get run support. And the run support isn't the pitcher's fault. So I think we should be looking more at his career accolades. And then number eight, I had Derek Lowe, which was a good pitcher as well. He, when he was with the Red Sox, really dominated. Um, Again, he just recorded more wins than some starters, and he didn't start till he was 29. So those are my eight, nine, and 10. Number seven I have to go with the man who is currently still with the Red Sox, but has suffered some injuries to deter his career as of late. Chris Sale. I mean, the good days of Chris Sale are unfortunately gone at this point. He does have a WAR of 15 and a half. 
So that's roughly about 15 to 16 extra wins the Red Sox got with him. Imagine if the Red Sox had 15 or 16 more wins now in this season, where they'd be. Uh, it would be nice to imagine, right? 2017 and 2018 were ridiculous years for him. Um, he just kept getting the job done. He was near unhittable prior to going on the IL. And the reason I still incorporate him on this list is because the injuries are what really deterred his career. There was no slowdown in his ability level. Other than that, if we think about what he's done over his time with the Red Sox, some might not want to put him on this list because he has spent a lot of time over the last few seasons on the IL. But I encourage you to look at overall what he's done, and particularly in 27 and 20, 2017 and 2018, when he was just absolutely dominant and nobody wanted to face him. That's the Chris Sale that I envision when I include him on this list because he truly did know how to dominate and get things done and would shut the door down immediately. And you can't tell me that there were hitters that weren't afraid to face Chris Sale. So he deserves to be on the list. That's why I'm putting him where I did at number seven. Number six, I have to go with a guy who was an absolute legend for the Red Sox. He pitched with the Red Sox during 2004 to 2007 in that window. He knew how to shut the door. He had a career ERA of 346. He started over 400 games and was part of two very special World Series teams with the Red Sox. He's won a variety of different awards, Sports Illustrated Sports Person of the Year, Lou Gehrig Memorial Award, Best Championship Performance SB Award, and he was named the World Series MVP in 2001 with the Arizona Diamondbacks and won two World Series with the Red Sox. He just was truly something special. What helped him was when Francona was managing the Red Sox, he was reunited with Francona, who had managed his time during his last four years with the Phillies. So that was very, very helpful. And when he won his 20th game of 2004 for the Red Sox in September, he became the fifth Boston pitcher to win 20 or more games in his first season with the team and the first since Dennis Eckersley in 1978. He ended his regular season with a 21-6 and record and – also, he was huge in that 2004 World Series run in October. He won game six of the ALCS against the Yankees and was also injured. He was pitching around injuries, which was wild to me, but I really respected it. So it's hard not to respect Mr. Schilling for what he did do with the Red Sox. Next on my list, I have at five, Jonathan Papelbon. He is one of the best closers of all time, certainly the best closer in Red Sox history. He saved three games in the 2007 World Series and made four All-Star games in a row while he was with the Red Sox, which is crazy. He's the all-time leader in saves with 219 in Red Sox history. And prior to the 2012 season, he signed with the Phillies as a free agent and actually pitched better with them than he did with Boston, which is so crazy, but it didn't even matter because his value with the Red Sox really goes unsaid. And I miss having 
a closer that was truly what he was because there was really nothing like him. Number four, I'm going with Josh Beckett. He pitched with the Red Sox from 2006 to 2012. Had a very, very high wins above replacement percentage of 22.3. That's a huge difference. It's crazy to think about how much of a difference he really made in that way. He was an ace. I mean, he was kind of living in Schilling's shadow for a bit and was overshadowed. But what he did, even at first, was so underrated. Um, he was inconsistent was the only problem I had with him. He would have really strong seasons and then some average to a little below average seasons or would be injured. So he was always kind of floating between the potential to be really, really great and just a decent pitcher. And he was always somewhere in that bubble. But when he was at his best, he truly was an ace. He came really close to winning a Cy Young in 2007. And he really just checks off a lot of boxes too. He won a couple titles and pitched a no hitter. He was a little bit underwhelming in terms of the hype that people expected from him. But really when you take his career accolades into play, it's hard to not include him on the list. The list is almost finalized. Coming up, I'm going to reveal my top three Red Sox pitchers of the 2000s. These guys are absolute legends. I am so, I feel so lucky to have been able to watch them on this team because they are truly something special. So that's coming up next. Don't forget that Sirius XM has you covered for all Red Sox home broadcasts for all the games. You won't miss a single pitch of Red Sox baseball if you download the Sirius XM app and search Red Sox. You won't miss a single pitch, and it feels great to know that because no matter where you are, you can catch Red Sox baseball during live games. Also, don't forget, you can check out the other Boston sports lockdown podcasts, Locked on Patriots, now that the Patriots are in the preseason and football's in full swing. Locked on Celtics and Locked on Bruins all have fantastic hosts. And even though it's still the offseason for basketball and hockey, plenty of things have happened with those two teams this summer. So check out those other shows because those hosts are fantastic and they will keep you updated on everything going on in the Boston sports team, as well as Locked on Boston College, too. They will keep you updated on everything going on at BC with their sports team. So be versatile. Check out the other shows. And don't forget, you can catch Lockdown Red Sox on your favorite podcast platform Monday through Friday. It's a great time. Being part of Lockdown is an amazing experience. And there are so many hosts here who really are knowledgeable and can give you a lot of good insight that you might not get otherwise. So I highly encourage you to... Support the Locked On Network because there's a lot of hardworking hosts here who really try their best to put out the best content they possibly can. So definitely subscribe to the other shows and check them out. Here we are talking about the top 10 Red Sox pitchers of the 2000s. Like I said, there's a lot of pitchers that could have fallen onto this list. A lot of pitchers that spent a short stint in Boston that pitched very, very well that could be on the list. So your list might be a little bit different from mine, but this is just how I see it. 
based on watching all these games and watching the team over the years, these are the pitchers that to me stood out the most. Number three, I have to go with Tim Wakefield. He pitched for the Red Sox from 1995 to 2011. This goes unsaid. We all know how good he was. Pitching 17 seasons for a team is very, very impressive nowadays, especially. It's rare that you see a team stay that long in a certain organization. And he basically led the franchise in games started and innings pitched. He's the only Red Sox pitcher to throw 3,000 innings for the team and was a teammate of Barry Bonds on the Pirates and pitched long enough to outlast his career by four seasons, which is also crazy. He really was just everything that you want in a pitcher. Great leader, great composure on the mound, put up some really good stats, and just longevity. I feel like when people think of Tim Wakefield – they think of just how long he pitched for the Red Sox. And it was a really impressive stint that he had here. And he truly made his mark as a pitcher with the Red Sox. So I have to go with him in my top three because it's truly hard not to because he had a long enough career where he could put up so many stats. And a lot of them were just very competitive numbers. I know we're getting there. The suspense is probably killing you, I would only imagine. For me, number two has to be John Lester. And the reason I say that is because he pitched for the Red Sox for a while and put up an impressive wins above replacement percentage of 30. And 2008 was an exciting season for him. He pitched a no-hitter that year in a 7 to nothing win against the Kansas City Royals for the 18th no-hitter in Red Sox history, he threw 130 pitches that day, which is wild because pitchers just don't have the length anymore and they don't throw that deep into games anymore. They just don't. And he came in in 2009 and got an extension with the Red Sox. And he just kept being resilient. Even when he struggled, he would bounce back. And the way that he would be able to carry himself on the mound was just something truly impressive to me. So he has to be number two. The moment you've all been waiting for the best pitcher in the two thousands for the Red Sox that I have to go with is the man himself, Pedro Martinez. I mean, does this even have to be said? He dominated. He only pitched for the Red Sox for five years, but he was absolutely dominant. He has a 36.8 wins above replacement percentage with the Red Sox. He just is insane. Like his 2000 season might be the greatest season ever by a pitcher. And what's crazy to me is 2003 and 2004 We're getting towards the end of his prime, but he still absolutely dominated in those years. And when you think of Pedro Martinez, you think of just a true ace that never backed down from challenges and just completely fooled every hitter that would come up against him. So if I was an opposing hitter, I would absolutely hate going up against Pedro. So he was so tough, so resilient, helped lead the Red Sox to the 2004 World Series, just a huge asset to the team. And 
I can't even go into enough just the impact that he made. So there it is. There you have it, folks. That's my list of the top 10 Red Sox pitchers of the 2000s. Please comment on the YouTube video if you're watching it there or tweet at me with your list of the top 10 pitchers. Is there anybody I left out that you would include? Let me know. Have faith. Go Red Sox. And I will catch you on the flip side.